the necessity that was third party and delivery and and whatnot, we we went through like this these growing pains and understood now um, how to work with them, why it's important to uh, to to be able to utilize their services, but still be a, a profitable uh, revenue source for the for the, for the restaurant. Industry. What's up, Zach Oates author, entrepreneur, and customer relationship guru. Welcome to Give Innovation, growth strategies for restaurants and retailers, where we find industry leaders to share their secrets to grow your business. This podcast is sponsored by Ovation, a customer experience and marketing platform that gets you more reviews, more feedback, and more revenue. Want to learn more? Visit OvationUp.com. Welcome to another edition of Give and Ovation. I am joined today by the one, the only, Alan Beck, the director of Off-Prem and Catering for Costa Vida. This guy handles the biz with third parties, catering, online ordering, and has incredible hands-on restaurant experience. We hang out at pretty much every trade show, and this guy knows his stuff. And so, Alan, thanks so much for making some time for us today. Oh, glad to be here. What is going on, Ovation Nation? Woo! Yeah, man. Things are going great. It's it's, uh, it's a beautiful day. We are both actually here in Utah. Um, you're just up the road from me, and it looks like it is as beautiful there as it is down here. It is. In fact, I have to keep the shades closed. I had them up earlier, and it was just too bright. And I'm like, oh man. So man, that's that's how I feel when you hopped on the Zoom. I was like, dude, Alan, just too bright, <laughs> too much love and light there. Oh, so Alan, first oh. of all, um, I, I, I'm going to jump into it with I got a question for you, man. Okay. Are third parties the enemy? I wouldn't say they're the enemy. No, uh, not, not, not at all. The enemy, they are, they are a necessity now. I think, uh, man, you asked me that question two years ago, I would have said yes, but, uh, right. I, like what, yeah. what's changed? Cause I feel like a couple of years ago, it was like all about the hate for third parties. And now I feel like Things are, things are, the tides are starting to shift. Um, and as people are kind of figured out how to work with them. And uh, anyway, so what, what are your thoughts on that? I, I think you spot on right there. I think two years ago, we didn't know how to work with them um, as an industry. We, uh, we would look at third parties and be like, man, you're just, you're just stealing from my bottom line. Like, yeah, why right. would I use you? And now that because of the pandemic and everything that has happened there, um, the necessity that was third party and delivery and, and whatnot, we, we went through like this, these growing pains and understood now, um, how to work with them, why it's important to, uh, to, to be able to utilize their services, but still be a, a profitable, uh, revenue source for the, for the, for the restaurant industry. And is that, is that hard to do? I, I mean, I don't think so. Um, <laughs> I, I, I guess, I guess yeah. that's why you've got your job. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm able to, 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 I have great relationships with, with uh, the third parties that we're, we're using here at Costa. Um, and then being able to talk uh, through like, what are, uh, I mean, they have an amazing amount. We all know they take our data, right? They're not going to, they're not going to give it to us, but we can ask questions about it. And how can we better utilize it? And then having that relationship, have a relationship with them. Let's put it that way, um, where you can actually ask them, like, what are some what are some use cases? Um, it's really interesting to me when the pandemic hit. 
um, we were maybe not where we wanted to be on a profitability standpoint. We, we worked with our, our third-party vendors. They worked with us. They, they gave us some insights on what we could do to be more profitable. And, you know, just at Food On Demand, people are talking about like, oh yeah, you guys should be doing this or you guys should be doing that. I'm like, we've been doing that for two years. Yeah. Like, uh, how, how, did, how do, how do uh, other brands out there not understand they're taking 20% commission from you or 30% commission, whatever it is. How are you not increasing your prices through those channels to compensate for that? Yeah. And have you found that your customers are more likely to order, uh, to consistently order from third party or are they able to go over to, to first party when they see the prices or do they not even notice the price increases? It's a great question. I love that question because we've really experimented with that here at Costa Vida. We started off with a 15% uh, increase in, in some of our stores, um, 25 and others. And then we've had some franchisees that have gone up all the way to like 30 or 35% to, and, and see, and their, their customer totals go down a little bit, but not like where it's like, oh my gosh, the sky so is not high. going down 30% when they raise the price of oh. 30%. Exactly. It's, um, they're seeing, a, a, you know, I think there are customers out there that are cost conscious and saying like, wait a second, why would I pay that much when I could go in storing or, or, or order and pick it up myself for, you know, two or $3 cheaper. Yeah, uh, totally. But, but what we have found out over the last two years through the pandemic is people will pay a little bit more and they, they're okay with it for the convenience factor. It's really interesting as you look at things like dynamic pricing, right? Is that going to be, it's about the services, it's about the experience. And with dynamic pricing, I think one of the most important things is seeing not just the end results, because I think it's really interesting, like looking at the, the guest totals, but like, how's the guest experience with that? And if you have dynamic pricing based on additional services, additional conveniences, we found that there is that ability to increase pricing. And um, obviously, you don't want to go until it breaks every single time, because People don't like uh, people don't like getting in there and seeing like huge jackups of prices. Yeah. But as you start to incrementally test things, you know, check that breakage, and you know, there's lots of really interesting companies doing stuff with dynamic pricing that I think is is going to really revolutionize what restaurants are. But to me, dynamic pricing is not a hamburger is thirty percent cheaper at two p.m. or at three p.m. Dynamic pricing is how do you get that hamburger? What is the reservation process for that hamburger? Um, what, what other services are included with that? You know, when it comes to delivery or when it comes to you know, speed of delivery, there's, there's lots of opportunities for dynamic pricing. We just have to think a little more creatively. I 100% I, I agree. I, I look at it a little bit differently as in with dynamic pricing. Hey, this is my show. You can't disagree oh, with me, Alan. I have to. Sorry. <laughs> Rev, this is for you. I'm disagreeing with him. Um, <laughs> Please. Thank um, you. But when I, when I think about dynamic pricing, at least from a Costa Vida side of, side of things, I think of supply chain. And I think mm -hmm. that's where for, for, for some of these, these fast casual or, or QSR concepts, that's where they're going to see uh, dynamic pricing really be a big play for them is, hey, if, if chicken is continuing to go through the roof, yeah, maybe I don't charge what I used to charge six months ago or a year ago or whenever for my, for my chicken burrito. I'm going to keep my pork burrito at the same price because inflation hasn't hit pork as hard as it's hit mm -hmm. chicken or steak or whatever it may be. I think like, 
like in, in, in certain like uh, proteins and, and menu items, we're going to see some uh, really interesting plays with dynamic pricing here soon. Yeah, I'm I'm interested to see what that is because I think users and guests in general are just more understanding of the fact that you can't have a set price while on the back end of that set price there's you know four five x fluctuations like when it comes to things like chicken wings, right? Yeah. So you know thinking about those those pricings and and how people are looking to increase revenue. One of the things I feel like a lot of restaurants underutilize, and I found it interesting that this is specifically in your title, is catering. I think catering is one of these things where, you know, people are like, oh, yeah, well, like, it's a nice thing when catering orders come in. But, you know, we have a customer called Five Star Barbecue and Catering. They put it in their freaking name. It's a really important part of who they are and what they do. And, you know, you guys, your title as I said, the uh, director of off-prem and catering. Yeah. Talk to me about why do, why do most restaurants not focus on catering um, or where do they fall short in focusing on catering? I would say well, the biggest thing about catering and, and what makes it difficult is it's going to be the labor shortage and, and why, mm. why people are struggling with it. Because um, if you're running a restaurant, with like the bare skeleton crew staff, and then a hundred person catering comes in that you have to go and deliver and set up. If you're, you're thinking like, okay, well, like we're already at like the bare minimum inside the restaurant. Like, how are we going to send somebody else out to do that, to to set that up and deliver it? Now I know that there's been um, there's been a play from the third parties like Uber and DoorDash and Grubhub, where they're saying like, hey, let's subcontract us out and we'll um, we'll deliver it for you. There's limitations with that. Yeah. Um, from an insurance standpoint, like on what they can and cannot do. If you serve hot food that needs a sterno, they're not, they cannot legally light the sterno. And so if you, if that's a big part of your presentation and, and keeping the integrity and the safety of the food, that's not an option for you. And so, I think where some some restaurants are, are are failing is potentially from like I mean we're all we're all struggling with labor right, but uh, is is making sure that your offering is representing your food in the best possible manner. Sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. That's a great point because with with catering, you know, you go to some places and you're like you try, you know, I mean, call it like a wedding, right? It's like, hey, this wedding is catered by XYZ company. You go and you try the food. It's like, wow, that is terrible, right? And it's, and I understand that it's not fair, but that's just the reality of a lot of the experiences. Um, and it, but but I, I think on the flip side of it, some people may get a little bit, and if I may disagree, some people may get a little bit too focused on the quality and they want it to be perfect as if it's like fresh out of the oven, eating it right there in the store. But it's like, you, you can find a uh, ways to, to do catering, I feel, that can still maintain enough of the integrity of the food yeah. while still getting an additional 10, 15 percent to the, to the you know, revenue. I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. You're familiar with Costa Vida. I know, Zach, you're, you're familiar with us. Mm -hmm. we, we smother our burritos, sauce, cheese, run them through the impinger in store. It's, it's an incredible bite. 
it's 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 a it's it's really it's a really good combination of uh, spice and 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 earthy and and, and whatnot. But that's not what we offer in our catering because we know like if I smother a burrito in a catering, by the time it, if it's a pre-made meal and I deliver it, that tortilla is going to be soggy. It's not going to yeah. be hundred percent agree with you. Yeah, that's that's a great point. Maybe maybe it's less around like the the integrity of the food, more around thinking about the presentation of it and that a different presentation. But I know that, for example, I know that some of your stores, you're running, you know, because this is a fast casual, you go up, you order your burrito, you have the line, you walk down the line. Now you go to some of your stores and you're you're not running one line. You're not, some of your stores, you're not even running two lines. Yeah. Some of your stores, you have three lines, yep. one for dining, one for to go, one for catering, right? And like, I think that thinking about your your restaurant differently is something that you guys have done a great job at adapting to because it's true. Speaking of labor, the only thing worse than like, you know, a shortage of labor is like too many cooks in the kitchen. And now all of a sudden you've got someone trying to get a third party order in between people that are serving customers. And it's like a terrible operational experience, lines going out the door, orders being late. And so I think that how you guys have broken things up is is really smart and how you're thinking about your catering of what is the catering experience and it's going to be different than dining and guess what that's okay yeah right and i i love how you're thinking about that it's been it's been um an incredible like journey um and and, and understanding that i mean a, a big focus for for us is are we providing the best experience for our guests like we let our guests vote with their wallet obviously right they but we want to make sure that when they come into Costa, that they have a good experience. And the good experience is not going to be, hold on, I got to make this to go order really quick. I yeah, know you exactly. just walked in, but pause. I'm going to make this order really quick. Oh, I hate it when like I can see an order that gets flipped up right in front of my ticket at, on like the expo line. And it's like, you know, a, a, a CVS receipt. And I'm like, oh my gosh. Um, but speaking of guest experience, Alan, what do you think is the most important aspect of guest experience nowadays? I would say, um, especially in my role, uh, off-premise and, and catering is, is the accuracy, the accuracy of the food. Um, yeah. like I, we, we've been, we've been harping on that here at Costa. It's the, it's the price of admission. Um, mm. if a guest is ordering a, uh, a burrito with no pico, they better get a burrito with no pico. Um, oh my god! Bare minimum, right? I think that if we if if uh, we understood if, if 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 brands understood or other other brands understood the importance of food accuracy and how much they're back charging. If you want to talk about through third party, you're going to complain about your commission rate. Go look and look at your back charges from miss, missing an incomplete food. I, I'm willing to bet that it's adding an additional one to 2% to your bottom line of what's being charged. And so if you can get that under control, one, your guests are going to be happier. Your operators are going to be happier because they're going to be more profitable from it. Accuracy. Totally agree. That's actually at Ovation. That's the number one complaint we see from off-prem is accuracy. And being someone who has a severe emotional allergy to onions, yes, man, it's like it's it's like uh, my my wife 
my actually my father-in-law he liked cilantro to him it tastes like you know moldy soap yeah right? i love cilantro to him he loves onions i literally will taste onions for a week and like <laughs> regret every single moment of my life during that week if i have like a bite of onion so anyway i think that's that's something that um i think accuracy absolutely huge 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 and then the number two thing that we see often is speed of service right yep. where delays especially when you go from you know a third party where you're two steps removed um it's it's hard enough right so what are some successful things that you've tried lately man we've been we've been trying a few uh few big things one of the biggest things that we were uh we're really pushing forward with here at costa is is our packaging um because oh. two years ago uh pre-pandemic um, off-premise was just 3% of sales. And, uh, and it was kind of like an afterthought. Uh, yeah. yeah if, if we get a DoorDash order, great. Um, it's just a little, you know, it's an extra order we'll make. We've grown that to 30%. No way. Yeah. It's, and because of that, the way that we, we've been doing it, we know, again, providing that, that guest with the best experience possible, one, it's important to make sure that their food's accurate, but then can they get the food home? I mean, no one wants to be driving in their car, food, food next to them in the seat. Someone cuts them off, they slam on the brakes, and that, that salad goes all over their dashboard. Yeah. Or that dasher's, you know, I think of the, the scene from, uh, from uh, Ace Ventura at the very beginning when he's kicking the package down. Yeah. The Sometimes that's how some of these drivers are taking our food. So by, by creating a different packaging experience, making sure that one, the food stays warm, that it, it's, it's accurate. And then that way, when they get it, it's not all over the place. And there's not ranch leaking all over the bottom of the bag. We've really been experimenting and making sure that we're providing the best packaging experience uh, possible we can for our guests so that they have a better experience all around. Love that. Now, Alan, who deserves innovation in the restaurant industry? Who's someone that we should be following? Ooh, um, so many out there. Yeah, oh, man. Um, I think uh, a, a big one that that uh, has just. There's, I would say there's two. Just on the topic of what we've been talking about today. Yeah. First one is sauce pricing. If you haven't, if you guys don't know who sauce is, they are dynamic pricing. If that's something that you guys, anybody out there has even thought about or from this, from this uh, conversation days, like, man, I've never even considered that. Go look at my boy, Sam over at sauce. He'll take care of you. Okay? Yeah. And Derek's a stud over there. They got a great team. Yeah. They're doing great. Um, and then uh, an, uh, another one, I would say that it's got some really cool uh, uh, possibilities out there is, or is flyby really like what they're doing with yeah. uh, fencing technology um, and, uh, everything that they, uh, they can do. I mean, we have a lot of stores here in Utah. Sometimes people go to the wrong store. Flyby can help direct people to the right direction. It's pretty cool. I love yeah. it. Yeah. I love both those companies. I think they're really cool. So how do people find you, follow you and, uh, Costa Vida? Awesome. Yeah. We're all over the place. So we're on TikTok, we're on Instagram, we're on Facebook. Uh, and then obviously we're on LinkedIn. Um, just, at Costa Vida, uh, Fresh Mexican Grill. That's that's us. We're 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 on all major all the major platforms. Please give us a follow. Uh, give us a shout. Um, 
let us know. We love it. Awesome. Well, Alan, for bringing the energy and helping uplift the industry as a whole, today's ovation goes to you. Thank you so much for joining us and giving ovation, Thank you. man. Appreciate it. Glad you're with us today and thank you. Thank you to the risk takers, the troublemakers, the crazies who are keeping this world clothed and fed. You're the ones who deserve an ovation. Again, this podcast was sponsored by Ovation. To see how we can help you grow your business, go to OvationUp.com. Don't forget to subscribe. And as always, remember to give someone in your life an ovation today.